Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HR Works Podcast, brought to you by HR Daily Advisor. I'm your host, Josh Zygmunt, Content Director for Simplify Media. The HR Works Podcast provides clear, relevant, and actionable information on topics that matter to you, the HR professional. When you're armed with the best practices and strategies to attract, retain, and engage top talent and deliver exceptional service to your organization, HR just works. On today's episode, we're joined by Darcy Dunn, president of Essential HR, HR Done Right, a consulting group focused on providing HR professionals with insightful thinking, real-world solutions, and the tools to better understanding people. Darcy brings over 25 years of experience in the benefit HR and employee relations space and has worked across many sectors, including e-commerce, media technology, private industry, advisory, healthcare, government contracting, and security. She's made career stops at household names and companies such as SiriusXM, Fanatics, and Informatica. Darcy launched Essential Darcy launched Essential HR HR Done Right in early 2023 and currently serves as the president with headquarters in Los Angeles, California. The team at Essential HR HR Done Right is focused on providing clients with guidance and resources of all aspects of HR to better serve today's diverse workforce. Darcy and the team do it all from onboarding, development, training, recruitment, and compliance training. We're on the verge of looking as we're on the verge of a new law taking effect in late June that will dictate and protect the accommodations made for US employees during pregnancy and childbirth, the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act. We wanted to bring Darcy in to take a closer look at the PWFA and understand what that means for HR teams as they look to introduce this new workplace law into your workforce. So without further ado, let's get Darcy introduced. Darcy, welcome to the HR Works podcast. Hi, Josh. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, it is great to have you on. Now, some of our listeners out there may be familiar with you. You've done some great work with us in the past on HR Daily Advisor. You've been a featured guest on some of our panels, such as HR Diversity Week. We had you on a panel there focused on gender language in the workplace. You've also been an opening keynote speaker for us with the with our HR Benefits Now event back in March 2023. Uh, but this is your first time on the HR Works podcast. So let's get you introduced to our audience a bit and just share with us why HR? What led you to pursuing a career in human resources? So uh, I don't know if anybody ever, you know, really says I'm going to graduate from college and go into HR. There are some, you know, you find those rarities, but I was not one of them. I kind of bumped into it by um, starting on the benefits side and eventually worked my way through, worked my way up into benefits, HR um, and compliance side of it. And I, and I liked it and I felt like I was good. Other people enjoyed that I was doing it. And it wasn't something where I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do this for a career. Um, And so that's kind of where I started it and taken it that way. And now I'm trying to, as a business owner, take it a little bit of a different, different route, different way, as you kind of see things changing in the industry, changing in the world, right? I think this is my opportunity to say, hey, here's my stamp on what human resource looks like and what I think it should be looking like going into the future and taking into account, you know, all of the buzz that everybody has to say about HR. There's a lot going on with HR right now and what people have to say about it. So that's kind of my goal. But yeah, I mean, it's great. It's been a great ride. And I think that it's going to be an even better ride as we go down this road. I love that. And yeah, as I mentioned at the top, you have 25 years of experience in the HR space, but really just jumped into launching Essential HR, HR Done Right in early 2023. And it's such a great time to jump into the HR space where so much is changing and there's just so much to cover and get into and really help teams with in this current marketplace. 
It is. And you're right. I I did launch early this year. I was in tech previous to that. And I I really took the opportunity to think about what I wanted to do as my next step. Do I want to go to another corporate job? And my passion really is, and I say that, and it's very cliche, but people are like, Darcy actually says it and she means it. It's people, right? How do we do things the right way? How do we make sure that things are happening like they're supposed to? How do we make sure that you, you you are compliant? And I think with the consulting firm now, we really can whether you're a startup corporation, you know, you're mid-range, you've been in business for 20 years, we're starting to see and get communication from a lot of companies that are really trying to pull in consultants to ask those tough questions to how do we get us either to the next level? How are we as a startup? How do we move along? And I think it's a new kind of exciting world for consultants going forward. I think a lot of times now, instead of hiring a bigger HR team, they'll come to a consultant and ask for project help. And then it continues a relationship and they start to see new ways, versions, options of how you can do things in HR. Oh, that, that is so great. Well, look, we've got you on today to talk about something that is coming up that is really exciting. And again, in this, world, this HR world that is continuing to evolve. We're seeing changes right before us, and we're right on the verge of a new law being put into practice that really will impact employees and U.S. employees and employers in the workplace, and that's the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act. PWFA is how it's being commonly referred to, Um, and again, we're having this conversation in late June. That's going to take effect on Tuesday, June 27th, so leading right up to that, uh, can you walk us through the basics of the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act, PWFA, and just share what that means for employees and employers? Yeah, so we published our newsletter a couple months back, sent it out to make sure that, you know, our clients and our contacts were aware that this was coming into effect on the 27th of June. You know, it's unfortunate. I had a call today where I learned that some people still don't know that it's coming, um, which they should. But really what PWFA means is it's a law that's requiring employers to provide what they call reasonable accommodation. Um, with limitations that are related to pregnancy, childbirth, or related medical conditions to that um, pregnancy. And when I say accommodation, really, it is changes in the work environment, right? Or the way that things are, you know, and I say in airports, usually done. People are used to doing things in a certain way. So it doesn't replace federal, state, or local laws. This is kind of on top of it, right? But if you have your own um, regulations at your own corporation that are equal to this or better, this doesn't replace it, right? Which I think is important. There are a lot of employers now that are really taking a look at, you know, maternity rights, maternity needs on top of this. And so with PWFA coming into play, I think it makes a lot of sense for those employers that are not quite up to speed yet. Oh, that's great. Yeah, thank you for sharing that with us, Darcy. I love that you mentioned that you've even got people that you're interacting with who haven't quite learned about PWFA. We're days away from it taking effect. Right. So this is a great opportunity just to talk to our audience of the HR community and get up to speed there, knowing that it's coming in. So prior to the PWFA, what laws had been in place to really protect pregnant workers? So, you know, the Pregnancy Protection Act, ADA, FMLA, the PUMP Act, those are all still in place. They're going to stay in place. They're not going anywhere, right? And this new law affects covered employers and the definition really of covered employers is private or public sector with at least 15 employees. So if you're 14 and under, it doesn't apply, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't necessarily be thinking about it. If you're a corporation that has 12 employees and you're looking to grow over the next year, this is something that you're definitely going to want to think about. Keep on the radar because the minute you have 15, you know, you're, you're on the hook for making sure that you comply with this regulation. 
And again, that June 27th start date really just means that anything filed after the 27th now falls under and is protected by the PWFA. And anything prior to that, again, falls under previous protections. As you mentioned, there's, again, so many that we're familiar with and interact with. PWFA will just become synonymous with what we see covered right now with FMLA or like the Pump Act, Title VII, ADA, and all things that we're very familiar with. But uh, a new one to add into the mix now is PWFA, which, again, is exciting to see history taking shape in front of us. Yep. You know, what that accommodation means, I think people are like, okay, so what are we really looking at? Like, what's different? And I think the biggest thing that's different on this and when I think about this really is, you know, pregnant women may need different hours. So flexible hours. I mean, if you think about something just as what in an employer's mind may be simple, appropriate sized uniforms, right? Who wants to try and squeeze into a Scrubs that are too small or don't they don't even make them or don't fit or all the way down to the McDonald's uniform. I mean, this is every employer, right? And so not having uniforms that don't appropriately fit is tough, right? You know, making sure you have additional break time. If they need to use the restroom, eat, you know, move around a little bit. I think about when I was pregnant, swollen ankles because I was sitting at a desk, right? Get up and move around a little bit. Um not being held to a strenuous activity if you're a warehouse worker and the job requirement is, you know, tossing boxes around that are 50 pounds. Okay, now that, you know, you need to make an accommodation. Exposure to compounds or chemicals. I mean, there's just so many examples that we could get to this that I think people might be a little bit overwhelmed by it. But if you think about it common sense wise, if you have a pregnant worker, right, and you want to make sure that you're doing what you can to make sure that they continue to work. Because I will say, I think I read a statistic, 87% of pregnant workers work all the way up until at least two weeks before delivery. That's huge, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a big number. Even something like closer parking. I know I go to Target and they have signs that are up that are for, you know, pregnant women that you can park closer to the Target and walk in. I mean, those are just things that we wouldn't necessarily think about. But as an accommodation, that's what this law is taking into play. Yeah, thanks for breaking that down, Darcy. That was perfect. What's great to see in this is just creating more inclusiveness in the workplace. As you mentioned, such a large amount of pregnant women are working right up until pregnancy, until childbirth, that creating that workplace that can be conducive and really can just allow them to do so comfortably is so smart and, again, creates those great accommodations to create a more inclusive workspace. What I love about this is something we had talked about prior to recording. We're seeing more conversation being had with workers. What do you need? to make it better. And that's where a lot of these changes are coming from. It is. I mean, getting the opportunity to to really say what I need. I want to stay here. I want to continue to work. But in order for me to do that, can we take a look at letting me get up, you know, once an hour or, you know, letting me, you know, fill my water bottle up or not, you know, a ton of employers that are going to say, well, no, you can't get up. There are restrictions for, let's say, call center employees, right? You know, you're listening to calls, you have a certain number of calls you take, there's certain call times, there's certain, you know, codes to meet, but there has to now come a time for anybody, like I said, that's got more than 15 employees where you are going to have to understand that if you have a pregnant worker, and I know we said pregnant women, but pregnant workers, just to be inclusive, that, you know, you need to think about that. And sometimes it doesn't matter who your boss is or what's happening. Those are things that we don't necessarily think about, right? Right. Where, yes, I need to put this call on hold because I really do need to use the restroom or I do need some water or I just need a break. So we have to think about all workers in all forms of, you know, what they're doing to make sure that 
we're meeting these accommodations and allow employees to say, this is really what I need to be able to stay here up to the point where I deliver and then take whatever protected leave or whatever leave opportunities I have when I do have the baby. But let's make sure that we can make things a little bit more accommodating for these employees. Yeah, so well said. And I think what's great when so many of these acts get put into place, it's really just setting the standard for all employees. But it also doesn't mean that organizations have to stop there, right? You can get out in front of these changes, talk to your workforce, and be the change leaders, be the ones who are actually setting the bar. But again, these acts, such as PWFA, at least set the standard. They set the baseline for everyone else. Absolutely. And like I said before, you know, this doesn't replace the federal laws, the state laws, the local laws. You may have a more proactive approach. You may have a better approach. You may be way more accommodating than, you know, your counterpart. That's phenomenal. And that's what we want. You're right. You know, this is a step in the right direction to be more inclusive, to make sure that, you know, as these acts start to come in and things start to change and, you know, shape the new workforce and the new landscape that's happening, you know, you can do better. You can obviously always do better as an employer, right? And, you know, thinking about what's best for the employer and the employee is a lot of times a challenge. But I do think that some of these things help a lot and it helps you be a better employer to your employees. One thing that, you know, I was talking to somebody else about was that, you know, one negative review of an employer, depending upon what it is, sometimes it's just disgruntled employees or whatever. It increases your recruiting costs by 17%. One negative review. It's crazy. Oh, it's crucial. Yeah. That's a great way to look at it, right? So this is a great opportunity to get out in front, be the change, and create those positive employee experiences even before the acts get put into place. But again, something like PWFA at least brings the bar up. And it'll be exciting to see again how employers react and employees react, how the workplace changes as a result of what goes into place following June 27th. But that leads me to a bigger conversation that I wanted to pick your brain about, and that's best practices for introducing new laws and regulations into the workplace. When we talked about FMLA, that was something that was put into practice in 1993. But at one point, that was brand new into a workplace. So what are some of those best practices for introducing new laws and regulations as they come into fruition, as they become real, and get those introduced into the workplace? I think it's education. You know, you have to educate yourself. You know, if you have a broker partner or a compliance team, in-house counsel, use those resources, too, to help not only educate yourself, educate, you know, employees. Um, one of the things that I think in HR we struggle with sometimes, and I'm not going to say always, but clear, concise communication. Employees are going to look at your communication and read the first three lines and decide whether they want to read the rest of the communication or hit the delete button or just disregard it, right? So learning how to and making sure that communications are clear and concise, you catch the eye of the employees and you make sure that it doesn't overload, that you are very clear about what the expectation is and what's coming out, whatever the setting is, right? And make sure that if the employees are coming back to you, you have the answers to the questions, right? And if you don't have the answers to the questions, one thing I find a lot is, is, you know, HR leaders, they don't want to say, I don't know. It's okay to say, I don't know. Let me go back and research this. Let me take a look at this. Let's figure this out together. Let's learn together. It's okay. It really is okay because no one expects HR to know every single thing about every law, every compliance, every employee, every everything. I think that's where we trip ourselves up sometimes is, We are considered the experts, but the experts don't know everything, right? And so I think that's one of the big things, you know, be open to say, I don't know, but let's figure it out together. Let's work with our compliance team. Let's make sure that 
we're doing what's in the best interest of the company and the employees. And I think, you know, that's a, that's a big step in the right direction that a lot of HR teams are trying to do. You know, HR is changing in itself where not a lot of people use the HR name anymore, right? It's people success or it's people operations or it's business partners or whatever you want to call it. It still really is human resources, right? And I say it in our tagline, you know, our job is to bring the human back into human resources, whereas so many organizations are moving away from the negativity sometimes connotations of HR. So I think it's okay as HR leaders to say, I don't know, we can do this. We'll figure it out. We got a compliance team. We have advisors that will help us, but we'll make sure that we're going to do this the right way going forward. I love it. Right. It's evolving and that's okay to not have all the answers on day one, but to learn and just communicate, as you said, with your workforce, as you do understand those, be sure when you do say, Hey, I don't know, follow up, get the answers and report back. Uh, that that's a good approach to take. Yes, yes, yes. And especially in this this current era too, where I think communication can be more challenging. What are some thoughts and maybe some effective ways to communicate? Look, our attention spans are a lot shorter than they used to be. Right. We don't all like to admit it sometimes, but it's tough to keep people's attention. So what are some ideas that we could throw out there for our audience? I mean, obviously email. Every corporation likes to use email, right? That's one of the, the biggest ways. But, you know, open up a chat room. A lot of corporations now are moving to text. You know, the younger the generation that's entering into the workforce, they're quick to read a text and respond to you before they'll ever read their email and respond back to an email. It's essentially the same thing, right? You're reading the information, whether I got to tap it on on my phone in an email version or read it on a text. There's a lot of communications that are being done via text and the response rate is a lot higher coming out of text. There's one tool that I've used in the past and I love it and I, I've gotten a lot of feedback on it, but we call them fireside conversations. Set yourself up quarterly to have an HR fireside chat. Invite the employees to join. Open up the lines of communication. Hey, we know we rolled this new program out. What are your thoughts or feelings about it? I think sometimes corporations are afraid to get the feedback. You know, good, bad, and ugly, right? But I think as a corporation, if you're going to be open to what's happening, you need to be able to ask for the feedback, take the feedback and, you know, break down that feedback. And I think fireside chats, webinars, you know, are great ways to interact with your employees from anywhere they are since we have such a remote workforce and make sure that those lines of communication are happening. Old school communication has fallen by the wayside. As much as we love to use email, we send out newsletters, you know, we do have webinars, but we're going to have to find some other ways to really draw employees in and allow them to respond the way that the employers communicate. I love that. The fireside chat idea allows you to be more human. We were talking about it, bringing the human back into human resources. That's a great way just to have that conversation where you can be honest. You can also say, hey, I don't understand this part. I'll get back to you on that. But it is a great way to open that dialogue up, which I think so many people are looking for now is that chance to have dialogue. It is. It's great. It's a great opportunity. And I've gotten a lot of really good feedback from the fireside chats. And you're right. People do feel more open to expressing, you know, what's happening. It's a, it's a group conversation. It's kind of like group therapy when you think about it, right? Yeah. <laughs> but now we're going to talk about my organization. That's a great way to look at it. So Darcy, looking at workplace protections or just benefits in general, again, having such a strong benefits background, are there any things on the horizon that you're excited about that you could see kind of playing out next? Obviously, PWFA is coming into practice, but what's next on the horizon in terms of workplace and worker protections? So I don't know that I'm I'm going to say lightly excited about it because it's going to mean a lot of employers, lots of compliance, lots of stuff going on. 
But I think what it means is so many states are creating their own leave laws and leave regulations. Illinois has a brand new one that's coming out. Washington has one. Um, there's so much stuff that's happening. And I think that employers are getting a little bit overwhelmed, a little bit confused by them. Every state, every regulation is different. It's very different. And I think on top of what's happening, we need to think about good ways to say, once again, we talked about it, the, I don't know, yeah. right? I'm not sure how this works, what's happening, what's supposed to be working. But I think that this is where you really do need to rely on leave of absence experts, um, compliance experts, right? Your broker partners have compliance teams. This is all they do all day long. I'm looking at the new Washington law, the new Oregon law, the new Illinois law, right? Because I do think it's going to be very messy. Connecticut rolled theirs out. And for an employee to actually call Connecticut, get their leave started on there. What does it mean now that I'm paying this payroll tax towards paying for paid leave, right? All of that is very cumbersome and it's really hard to follow. But I don't even think the states have a good grasp on it yet, right? So the better that the organization is that takes the time to understand each leave and there are organizations now, like I said, we've gone remote where people work in darn near every state. I mean, I worked for an employer that had employees in 42 states. How do you keep track of 42 states, right? It gets very difficult. So I say that lightly to say, I don't know that I'm excited about it, but I do think it's an opportunity for good research, you know, good data, speaking to your employees and being very honest hey, this is a new program. It's coming out. This is something that we're going to have to get through together, right? And figure this all out. Yeah, it's, it's being proactive, right? It's, yep. It's getting out in front of it. And as you mentioned, I, I love that you called it out. So many more teams are going remotely and you've got workforces that are spread across multiple states. So when you're seeing unique guidelines, unique guidances, protections put in place in each state to really do your homework, get out in front of that, understand what you're looking at for each of your employees in those various states, you're only going to put yourself in a better position. Yeah, that's some great advice there, Darcy. So looking at the work you've been doing, what's something you'd like our audience to know about Essential HR, HR Done Right? What are you excited about? What do you got going on? And certainly share what ways they can get in touch with you and learn more if they're interested. Um, so I think what, you know, what's happening is, is we're really starting to listen to you. Our employers ask, how do we listen more to the voices of the employees? What the asks are, how do we be creative? You know, how do we make sure that we can make this work or that work? Or, you know, we talk a lot about five generational workforce, right? And not a lot of employers are prepared to handle five generations in the workforce because they all have very different needs. They all have very different wants at different stages of life. I'm old, I might need life insurance, right? But somebody who's just coming into the workforce is like, well, I want a car wash, a gym membership and housekeeping services, right? So we start talking about things that, you know, a lot of employers, the buzz is, is lifestyle benefits. How does each lifestyle fit each generation? And I think that's really exciting because I think that bodes to the voice of the employers and the employees. Well, we can manage our budget. We can handle this this way, but the employees are asking for this. How do we figure all of that out, right? And I think even though it's a little bit tougher on HR, HR teams, benefit teams, recruiters, when you think about when you're recruiting a candidate, what is the ask that they get? And that's one thing I'd like to say is, is use your recruiters. They're the first voice out there 
that are listening to candidates, what candidates want, what they don't want, what they like about your company, what they don't like about your company. I mean, there, you know, there's a lot of these candidates are coming into the pipelines now that are willing to voice before they even get hired. And you need to use that as an HR tool, really, to make things better. Knowing what they want, allowing them to be vocal, allow them to talk. You know, the one thing I have to say is, is for a long time, and I think this is part of the reason where HR's reputation is a little bit strained is we have to talk the talk and walk the walk. You know, if you say you're going to have an amazing culture, you darn sure better have an amazing culture because employees now are out there. And like I said, you get that one bad review and everything skyrockets. Right. And it passes. Like you said, we're in a social media world now where Things happen instantaneously. One post, one tweet, and it changes things that are happening in our workforce. So I definitely think that there's so much room for growth and there's so much room for HR professionals to be the best that they can be. But I also know that HR professionals are very overworked, very stressed out. There's a lot going on. And especially where a lot of the teams were slimmed down, how do you focus on that? and the employees and the betterment of the corporation and my own mental health, right? I mean, all of those things are going to have to come into play for every organization going forward. That's so good. Yeah, that mindset on culture is great that you can't just talk the talk. You got to walk the walk and actually have a real culture, do something about it because people will hold you accountable to it. Absolutely. 100%. 10, 15 years ago, they didn't. You know, in the last 10 years, holding employers accountable for really what they say has really become hugely popular, right? And people are quick to say, well, this employer can do this or this employer can do that. I mean, we were talking about the days of where you couldn't share salaries. You know, there's a new law that's coming out. I think it's Colorado that it's starting in where you can't prevent employees from sharing their salary information. I mean, that's a whole new world. In California, for job postings, the range has to be posted, right? So people are really starting to learn how equality is really going to boil down to job positions and salaries and what you pay hospital bills. I mean, there's so much more that's coming out about being transparent. As HR leaders and corporations, we need to be transparent too. It's exciting to see how that plays out for sure. It will certainly change the workplace. It'll change employers and it'll change employees in in the relationship. So it'd be great to be watching that and again, covering that and as part of the HR community. Darcy, what's something you're excited about with Essential HR, HR done right? What's on the horizon? What are you guys working on in the next six months or so? So for us, it is, you know, to be the best that we can be for the contracts that we have be as helpful as we can, make sure that we stay on top of what is coming out, compliance, regulations, you know, being helpful when it comes to state leave laws and things like that. We are working on trying to make sure that we get a quarterly newsletter out. And in that quarterly newsletter to make sure that, like I said, in the very beginning, we talked about the PWFA months ago because I knew it was coming down the pipeline. So trying to make sure that the information that we put out is pertinent, it's timely, it makes sense. And we're talking about things that are different from everybody else, right? I think there's a lot of organizations that talk about the same things and it's kind of around and around. And when we sent our very first one out, we got a lot of feedback that said, wow, like this hit all the boxes. Like this is compliant. That's around the corner. You talked about recruiting tips and then burnout. You know, when we talk about HR professionals and other people, burnout is a real thing. So making sure that if we're going to be a voice, we talk about things that make sense and that are pertinent going forward. Uh, Quarterly is what we're shooting for. You know, if we get a need or a want and we want to do it more than that, we will. We welcome contributors. 
we've had a couple people reach out and they said, you know, hey, we'd love to be a contributor. So um, people can always reach out to us by email. It's kind of a long one. It's essential underscore HR at outlook.com. And then our website is essential HR, HR done right.com. Kind of all one put together. Perfect. Well, we will definitely link out to essential HR, HR done rights website through our post. So we'll get the word out there, but certainly I would encourage any of our listeners out there to engage with Darcy and her team, just great content out there. So Darcy, looking at so much that you've accomplished since launching in 2023, what's something you've learned about yourself since launching Essential HR, HR Done Right? So uh, I'll share a quick story with you. I have not always learned to be my true self, right? When you get into the world of HR, sometimes you fall into a line of what the corporation is or you become that corporation, you know, person. Right. And over this last year, I did a big speaking, a global speaking event. And this woman came up to me afterwards and she said, you know, I wanted to thank you. And I was like, thank me for what? And she was like, you now, you know personify what your true self is, whether it's the spike in my hair, the Mohawk look, or, you know, on my LinkedIn profile, I have my tattoos visible down my sleeve. And I think it's important to people. I think I'm not the normal face of HR and I'm okay with that. I wasn't for a long time. I felt like I had to follow everything that was happening. And I think now I do a good job. We do a really good job. We are not perfect. Nobody is. We make mistakes like everybody else does, but we are honest and genuine and we are our true selves. And I always want to make sure that no matter what anyone is associated with when it comes to essential HR, HR done right, that you can be your true authentic self and be a voice and be out there and make sure that people know who you are because I think I've built a lot of relationships. I was very scared when I first launched my business to see if I really could make it. And, you know, I signed my first contract in less than 30 days after we launched and have just signed more contracts since then. And people have come to me and said, you know, we've been waiting, we've been waiting for you to do this because we know you can do this. And, you know, people reaching out and sending messages that are like, I just want to work with you. So let's figure out a project, right? That speaks volumes, right? And I think when you build relationships and you are your true self, it shows. And for me, it's helping grow my business. It helps my team members. I have some subcontractors that we work with too. And I say the same thing to them. If you're going to be a part of this team, I want you to be your true self. And if you don't like this portion of the business, then let's focus on you love compliance, you know, you love payroll, you love recruiting. Um, I want people to be able to work in the space that they want to work on. And I am enjoying this tremendously. That is great. Thank you for sharing that too, Darcy. That It's great to hear that you had that experience. Again, even with launching, that's a scary experience to jump in and start essentially HR on your own, but to learn so much about that and come out on the back end stronger is great. So thank you for that. And back to that idea, right, of practice what you preach. We talk so much in the HR community about diversity and inclusion. But feeling like you can, again, do that on your own and bring your true self to work, uh, not just talk about it, is huge. So thank you for sharing that. No, thank you. I definitely appreciate it. Well, look, as we're always looking to build community, whether it's HR community or our community with HR Works and our audience out there, so much of that is sharing experiences and sharing advice. So do you have any professional advice that you've leaned on throughout your career that you could pass along to our audience of HR professionals here with HR Works? If you've been in HR long enough, you know, and we say this as a keyword, document, document, document. 
make sure that you document what you're doing. It gets you out of lawsuits. It gets you out of trouble. It gets you out of conversations that shouldn't have happened, but make sure that you always document. My mentor in HR is VP now. That was one of the pieces of advice he gave me a very long time ago, and it has worked for me across the board. Um, there's a, a lot of, you know, we've lost a lot of respect for HR over the years. And I don't think it's because HR professionals have done anything wrong. I think we're overwhelmed. We're overworked. There is burnout. There's a lot going on because HR really is part of the face of the organization and what's happening. And I think, you know, the human aspect is gone. Bring it back. Treat people how you want to be treated, right? You know, you can still do it in the confines of the corporate world, corporation, within compliance, right? But there's no reason to say to someone, whether an employee had a loss or whatever, be, be compassionate, you know, be that person that you would want to talk to, right? Because employees value HR, even if they don't necessarily say it, they know that that's the group that they can go to. HR professionals have to make sure and remain compliant and confident in what they do and keep things confidential but make sure that the the employees respect them and respect what the organization stands for. And I think I've learned that over the years. And I think it's just, it needs to be pushed out in the forefront again, going forward. That's great. Bringing that human back into the role. But as you said off the top, document, document, document. I love that. That's a good one just to, to put into practice and share with the audience there. Thank you for that, Darcy. So again, we're here with Darcy Dunn, president of Essential HR, HR Done Right. Darcy, before we let you go here, this question we always close out with our, our guests with, and it's all about motivation. So you wake up in the morning and your feet hit the floor. What's the one thing that gets you motivated to start your day? Wow, that's a good question. Um, I would say for me right now, it still is, it's my children. Um, I have a son who's a senior in high school. He is a football player and he's being recruited by or looked at by some really good schools and a, a daughter that's in the HR world too. And you know, I want to do right for them because I know they're doing right for the world. And I think when I get up in the morning, you know, I want to make sure in that same premise that I do right for all of our clients that we have too. It all kind of goes in twofold. And if my son sees I'm doing right or my daughter sees I'm doing right, then they're going to go out and do right too. And I think it just creates this level of, you know, like I said, don't always have to be perfect, but you got to give it your best shot. I say that to him on the football field, go out there and do it and do what you're supposed to do. You know, same thing with my daughter. She's in recruiting and I'm like, you know, be the person that you want to talk to, recruit the people that you want to talk to. And it'll, it'll, you know, happen tenfolds outside of that. So that's really kind of where I'm at now. Maybe it'll be different when he's out of high school and in college. And then I'm like, okay, are you going in the NFL? Are you going to, you know, take care of your mom now? <laughs> but uh, I definitely think it. that that's the motivation. Yeah. Yep. Well, perfect. That is awesome. Thank you for sharing that with us, Darcy. Darcy, just thank you for sharing all this great insight too. Again, as we get our audience prepared for PWFA, but also just looking at how to integrate any new changes, any new laws, any regulations into your workplace. Uh, it's not always easy. It's not always cut and dry, but again, some great advice that you've given out there can really help set people up for success and set teams up for success. So thank you so much for your time. Thanks for sharing your insight and just your personal stories as well, Darcy. So again, Darcy Dunn, president of Essential HR, HR Done Right. Thank you for being a guest on the HR Works podcast, and I hope we keep this conversation going. Thank you, Josh. I appreciate it very much. I appreciate you having me on. This was fantastic. Thanks, Darcy. Thank you for listening to the HR Works podcast. Be sure to check out our new episodes every Tuesday. Follow us on all major streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Audible.